Welcome to the podcast. It is Tuesday, June 27th. So we're about to be done half of the year. Alexandria, how does that make you feel? Weird, because I feel like we are maybe two weeks away from back to school commercials, but the kids just got out of school. I feel the opposite. I, um, I, I feel like it was just uh, the kids were just coming back from winter break, and it's like the third week of January. This this year has flown by. <laughs> it has. It's it's wild. I, I I mean, we are quite literally about to get some back to school commercials any day now, and I feel like the kids just got out of school. Well, look, that is, that is as, as everyone likes to pillory, that is capitalism at its finest. Um, the sooner they can start selling stuff, the, the better it is. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, 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 I suppose. But it's, it's crazy. Did, wait, I, I forget. Did you go back to school before Labor Day when you were in school? I did, yeah. You did, Always. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still have not like totally reset myself. I'm, I'm kind of used to back to school things hitting earlier than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't go back to Labor Day, but here, yeah, I, I know like some kids go back to like August 10th, which is five plus weeks away. I was, um, I had a meeting, you know, I've had an intern this summer so far and we were, I'm going to be on vacation the next like 10 days or so. And so we were working out what he's going to do while I'm on vacation. And I said, Marcus, you're going to be pre- preparing to go back to school in a month. <laughs> like, And I feel like you've been with me a month. So you're almost halfway through already. Has ha- has Marcus been okay? Oh, he's wonderful. He's the Good. best. Good. I, yeah. I would like to meet this, uh, this young man. Oh, I'd be happy to bring him over one day. Okay. Um, what are you going to do in your vacation? House stuff? Probably. Yeah, I've done. I don't know. I'm excited. So this is so this is so strange. This is a perfect example of why I wanted to move in the first place. We know that like my home is directly related to my mental health. And the fact that I have a new home coming, I have been cleaning, purging things, donating things, packing things. I'm like, who am I preparing for a move so that I'm not like last minute packing and trying to get everything together. So I already have a fair amount of it done, which I was planning on doing during this time off, and I already have a decent amount that has that I've finished. Well, like you keep saying, you don't have a lot of stuff anyway, so. <laughs> That's true. Well, thanks. I'm trying to give myself credit for doing things in a productive You are. Way. <laughs> you are. I mean, look at it this way. It, it, because you don't have a lot of stuff, and you knew that you didn't have a lot, you, you've already taken yeah. care of so much, so hopefully the getting in there process is... Because you're going to find little things, like we need to get extra keys, and is the... I'm just throwing this out, like the homeowner's insurance, all that stuff. It, it'll make it less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm super ready to get in there. So I'm, you know, everyone's like, when are you moving? And I'm like, you know, I guess... In two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. Let us know so it can be on my calendar. I know. I'm excited. You'll be one of the first people in there. Um, so uh, the former mayors held another uh, Coalition for Peaceful Toledo Neighborhoods meeting last night. Did you happen to come across this? I have not had a chance to even take a bathroom break today. I did see that there was an article about it, but I haven't gotten back to it to read it. Um, I'll just blow through it, and if you want to come back and we win, we can do it later on this week or another time, and I'm sure there'll be more of these. Um, my general takeaway from this meeting was there was a lot less blaming of the city and police 
So that was nice. Your friend Malcolm? Yes. What's his last name? Cunningham. Malcolm Cunningham was there. Um, although the mayor was not, he said, I am here to support what you are doing full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about this 12 point plan again. He expressed not all this is within what the city can do. And I was happy to see that. So 60 people or so showed up, and all of them had um, a slightly different perspective. Of, of who to blame. It was a lot of the kids aren't getting guidance at home. They're just running wild. It's, somebody even said it's the damn rap music or something to that effect. Oh another boy. another woman said, I don't want to see another urban garden. I want to see homes there, which was a little strange. Um, another people, another group of people bought, bought, bought homes but are having a hard time fixing it up. I guess there's been some trying to get in touch with the city and that hasn't been real productive. But the bottom line for me was um, as I think has been really the go-to from the outset, as with many things, it's not just one thing, it's a lot of things. Like the, the mm-hmm. police issues and stuff, that was uh, across the country, and it was very low-hanging fruit to blame. But the first quote in this thing was, the kids aren't getting the guidance they need at home, and I think that's really the the bigger thing. We, we, we you and I have both seen... Um, mm-hmm how how deadly gun violence has become to, you know, late teenagers, early 20-somethings. Um, what's happening here is not immune to that. How uh, gun accidents, we just saw one last week, a, a little girl, um, she killed her mom, right? Uh, yeah. Or shot her mom. In, in, in Vermilion. Yeah. Um, and or I'm not saying... Over- that over there. The gun violence all around with young people is going up and up, whether it's criminal or accidental or not. And this goes back to one of the city meetings that I attended, uh, feedback meetings back in the springtime or something. People looked around and were like, look, we, we do this. Like, we care about where we live. But the people that are, pro- that are the problem are not here. As usual, for the last how many ever decades or centuries of existence, the people that usually cause the most problems... The young people are not there. And I get it. You just don't care about these kinds of things, even if it's your neighborhood at that age. You know, I, I like think about the comment of, you know, they're not getting enough guidance in the homes. But you have to, it's like, hmm, how can I describe this? Of course, they're not getting enough guidance in the home because they don't have, some of them don't even have a home. Like, yeah. can you even call it a home? You know, they're not going to get any guidance because they don't have a home to be able to get that stabilization in. So it, it like when you're peeling back the onion, they don't even have the foundation that they need to be able to get the guidance. So there has to be all these solutions that come into play in order for that to even happen. And community gardens is one of them, <laughs> like having healthy eating and not living in a food desert is one of them. I understand they need homes, but like they also need some proper foundation as well. Um, Paul Hicks Hudson was there. I think this is the first time she was at any of these. Um, she encouraged those in attendance to get organized, connect to local resources, and mm-hmm. work together. Uh, Mayor, former Mayor Bell encouraged residents to hold their elected officials accountable. It was just nice to, nice to see there was a wide spectrum of people offering suggestions as what they want to see, what they've encountered, and whatnot. And, and again, as usual, it, it wasn't one big thing. It was it was all up and down things. There was uh, one resident that wrapped up this story. 
Um, she lived in North Toledo for 20 years. She wanted to find out what was going on. She wanted to uh, help make a difference, what she could do. There's no community group anymore in the North End. And I just want to be a part of whatever group is going to be formed because I just don't want to talk. I want to work. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure our friend Afonso, who was there, was like, whoa, we're out cleaning ramps up all the time. So some of this, at, well, as usual, a lot of things come down to communication. And not everybody can see everything at all times, but I guess it was good to get this large amount of people together. And instead of blaming, hopefully a bunch of those 60 people got together afterwards, exchanged contact information, and can finally make a dent in this. Yeah, I, you know, I saw Alfonso uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he knows who I am, so I just didn't, didn't say hello. Um, did you go to yeah, his Lowe's? I, did you go to his Lowe's? I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> What a nice man. He is. He is. Um, yeah. I, th- great that they got back together to talk about safe communities again. But I just don't, you know, I don't know. I want to see a little bit more happening. And um, and it's going to it's going to be really hard to really change the minds of the adults and the young people that just don't feel like they have a chance beyond what they're doing and where they're at. And I feel like they need to be able to see that. Yeah, you're right. The the the. The line of the kids aren't getting what they need at home, whether it's uh, behavioral instruction or like to your point, maybe the home is barely a home at that. So there's other basic needs that really need to be met because if they're not, if they're hungry, um, if they have an ailing, dying parent um, because they can't get medical care. Yeah, maybe being on their best behavior and not acting a fool in the streets is not at the Mm -hmm. top of their priority list. I feel like a, a lot of times when people make those comments, and I'm not by any means shaming the person that did in this press conference, but you make the comments assuming that everybody is starting from the same starting line or that everybody has the same capacity as you did or as your like family members in these situations have. And not everybody comes to the table with the same tools and with the same op- options. Um, and so you can't have, you know, you have this opinion about, um, you know, it's it needs to start in the homes. And it's like, OK, but what about the folks that don't have homes? Where do they start? The street, their car? Like, where does that guidance come from? At least in this situation, because it wasn't a citywide thing, you've got people who at least speak the same language and are of the same essence in in North Toledo. And Mm -hmm. the the gaps that you're talking about being ahead or being behind are not that far apart. And they should be able to at least, you know, now that these people have put these things on the table, again, can maybe help each other out. Like, hey, you need help taking care of your front yard. Let me help you out. Hey, you need me to keep an eye on your kid. So hopefully, again, maybe the best I'm hoping the best part of this thing last night was after it where people was like, I had no idea that this person was two mm-hmm. blocks away from me and we're on the same page. Let's be good neighbors to one another. That's true. Um, Brian Seacrest is the new host of Wheel of Fortune. I saw that. I was very underwhelmed. Very under. Why would he? I mean, is he ready to go into daytime game shows? Like, that, that's, is, is, he, is he retiring? <laughs> so he, he is. He's got to be 48. He's very, I would rather, I'd still rather see him with Dancing with the Stars. He does have that young vibe. And when you go to Wheel of Fortune, I mean, you are appealing to a different audience. That, that's for sure. But he has been doing mm-hmm. media as yes for 30 years. Wow. Maybe he just wanted a nice, easy gig of, uh, you know, asking people what letter they want and whoever's going to go turn around those letters. But 
would we agree that when it comes to you know very popular game shows, um, that's down below like Price is Right and Jeopardy? Um, yes, it's probably yes, but it depends on who you ask because that that is still an evening game show, so it's a different audience than The Price is Right. I mean, it's below Jeopardy, but it's above The Price is Right. Yeah, the first things that jumped to my mind were obviously Jeopardy, and we're just now, you know, a couple of years removed from from Alex Trebek going through his his cancer battle, um, mm-hmm. living a lot longer than many of us, myself, expected. And then you got like two underwhelming hosts. Um, also, I put Pat Sajak and Wheel of Fortune below, even though it's daytime TV. Bob Barker. Um, I mean, there was a gravitas about Bob Barker all his womanizing and all that nonsense. Um, and Alex Trebek, like those two were in a different stratosphere than Pat Sajak. Like uh, you would tune in to watch the shows and you wanted pieces of those two. I never mm-hmm. tuned in Wheel of Fortune. It was like, what's Pat Sajak going to give me tonight? I, no, I, I don't think I've ever, the only thing that I ever turned Wheel of Fortune on was to get the satisfaction that I figured it out before the other people did, that I right. figured out the the word or whatever it was. I, I don't think I've ever gone out of my way to watch Wheel of Fortune, though, only if it was already on. Right, same. But would you say you were a little different with Price is Right, other game shows, and definitely Jeopardy? Price is Right is nostalgic because I used to enjoy watching it when I didn't have to go to school. Yep, that's everybody. Yep. And Jeopardy is the same. Jeopardy is just so I can prove my intelligence to anybody else that's in the room watching. You didn't... You didn't... Things aren't different for you now that Alex Trebek is gone. You don't feel that he brought something extra to the show? I do. So I don't... I haven't watched it. Got it. Okay. You're not missing much. Mm Mm-hmm. What else did I want to run by you? Um... What's the last show that you watched or movie um, you were interested in putting something on, you put it on, and then you're like, this is this is not very good. And as you were realizing that, it was still on. So you got deeper into your phone, deeper into your phone, and then you shut it off. And then something brought you back to that show or movie. And you were like, was was I having an out of body experience that night? Like, this <laughs> like I is, just need to rewatch. This is incredible. <laughs> what was I doing that whole first watch? Silo on Apple TV. I'm that to see that. Yes, yes. <laughs> was it? So we haven't even talked about that. That's so funny. Belinda is like, look, this is like all the stuff that we watch. So I think my stomach was bothering me when I flipped it on in the beginning of May, and then I read on a site that I like. Apple Apple is really good at these dystopian alternate science fiction things, and I let you know I like that uh, one with uh, Joel. What's his face? The the NASA one. Um, I liked C with Jason Momoa. That was one of the, their first shows, right? Mm-hmm. So I flipped it on. So I watched. Ep- I kept going last night. I, I got back to episode four, and I'm like, okay, I, I like this. Let me restart it. And I watched episodes one and two, and I'm like, holy shit. Shit, this is like I'm getting like Westworld and mm-hmm. dark vibes. Uh, Villanelle said like Snowpiercer. There was a movie I watched a couple years ago on Netflix called The Platform, where I food, watched that. It was like that, and this other mm-hmm. old Netflix movie called Ascension, where these people lived in a spaceship. They thought they were in space, but they were actually in a, a factory the whole time. Mm-hmm. I am loving it. So I don't I. I think it was because it was a suggestion of Thomas's that he like 
bulldozed any option I wanted to watch for that day or anything that I planned on watching. I I have mentioned I had been in the middle of rewatching all of Outlander, so all six seasons mm-hmm. of Outlander, and so that's really all I've been watching. And then here he comes trying to take over my Outlander for the night to turn on this show. So I didn't watch it. Like I didn't. I looked at it and I'm like, no, I'm going to sleep. And I fell asleep. And then he started watching it the next day, and I said, oh wait, this is kind of good. And so then I had to rewatch the first episode to catch up to where he was at on the second. And now we really enjoy it. So we're like, hey, there's another episode of Silo out. And I, I, I'm fascinated. And, I, and I'm surprised that I didn't catch on to it right away because you're, I do love films and shows of the apocalyptic nature. Um, and I love, although Common, is, his acting is not the greatest in this series. I don't know what it is. Um, but anyway, he does much better in romantic comedies. Let's let's theorize here um, just a, a little bit, and I'm only into like episode four. I haven't read much, and I do remember certain nuggets that I picked up on during my first watch. One of mm-hmm. which was, um, there the, the suits are clearly poisonous. Like they they clearly poison you in that suit, right? I can't. How did you figure that out? I didn't figure that out right Cause away. Because they they die. Well, because uh, his wife cleaned the glass which means uh-huh. that uh it was a real world out there and then he said uh damn it you were right and they they both kind of keeled over at the same time so i figure i mean there's obviously some some big things pulling the strings here and i hope we find out a lot of it through season one as opposed mm-hmm. to having to wait till like season four to have it all pulled back but clearly there's big you people pull, there's big people pulling the strings and mm-hmm. um there is a real world out there that these people have been hidden from for like at least uh, a century and a half. Uh-huh. You do find out a decent amount before. I'm, we just watched the most recent episode yesterday. So we watched the uh, episode that came out on the 23rd yesterday. And uh, you find out some more information. It get, it picks up. But it's, it, is, it is really good. I'm fascinated by you've gotten past where she found all the water, right? Uh, so I'm only through episode four or five. I, to the point, you mean the part where she climbs down where her guy was? Yes. That was the, that was the second episode. And she like dropped her headlamp into the water. Yes. Yep. That, uh, so first of all, there was, I said to Thomas, I said, that water is moving. Like there's a wind source somewhere. It should be standing water if there was no air in that. You know what I mean? Like it should be sitting water. And it almost looks like a little lake and it's gigantic. I was so fascinated. I want to get down there. Like I want to see somebody get down there into that area and see if they could like get out or something. But um, obviously that hasn't happened yet because we're all caught up. So whatever the next, I think the next episode premieres tomorrow. And I, uh, I think it's on Fridays and it might be the last oh. episode. I think it's the 10th and last one of the season. Dang it. Dang it. Uh, but yeah, I've super enjoyed it. They've given me like just enough morsels to want to keep going. And these 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 puzzle box shows that they're really hard to pull off. But when you when you nail them, you've got a great show. Yeah, it's really good. I was surprised that I liked it, but that is that is a perfect example of a show that was on. I watched it. I put it to the side, and now I'm coming back to it. Um, I just wish that guy would take that that thing off of his head. That act, that one actor, the bald guy. He died in the third episode, fourth episode. 
The deputy sheriff. He had something on his head? Uh, he has like a like some kind of growth on his forehead. Oh, I don't think I ever noticed. Oh, maybe I noticed that stuff. He was also in... <laughs> oh my gosh. Shit, what was that Amazon show with Josh Brolin where there's a hole in the middle of their ranch? It's really good. Oh, Outer Rim? Yes, or Range, Range, Range. Outer Range, yeah. Yeah, he's in that too. He, he was actually... Did you see Armageddon? Mm-hmm. He's one of the astronauts in that movie. Oh, he had something growing. He wasn't bald. He had hair. He had hair. Yeah, exactly. But he has... So, um, it's, I didn't mean to interrupt you. He, his character in Armageddon, I was always very empathetic to, and even as a child, it used to like break my heart. Do you remember in the final scene when they made it back, and his kid came running to him, and he gave him the spaceship toy? That was I do, him. I, I do not, but I yes, I was surprised so when he. Cute. I was surprised when he showed up in, in out of range, if that's what it is. It's like, where have you been for 20 years? So cute. I, I like him as an actor. I, I remember just being heartbroken at, like, he clearly loves his son, but he was a terrible father for whatever reason. Um, You got anything else? If not, we can uh, we can keep it super, uh, super tight and tidy. Oh, this is really tight and tidy, huh? Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, we both got a lot more things to do, and, and that's not a bad thing at, at all. So, was there one other thing I wanted to throw at you? Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'll be heading up to Detroit on Thursday for the Santana concert. Carlos Santana? Yeah. I didn't even know he was uh, performing. Yeah. Yeah, we're, um, Aunt Susie got tickets for Thomas and I as a gift, so we're all going with her, uh, me, Thomas, Aunt Susie, and Uncle Jerry. And then my mom and brother were so jealous that they got tickets themselves. So Carl and my mom and Carl's wife, Sandra. But you didn't get the damn Paramore tickets. I didn't get the Paramore tickets. Well, I'm off that day, which is totally different, too. I have found I've unless it's in Toledo, I'm not going up to Michigan during the week. And that's a uh, DTE, right? Or mm, Pine Knob, I think. Yeah, Clark, yeah, yeah. Clarkston. Yeah, it, it used to be Pine Knob. It went to DTE. By the time everybody started calling it DTE, it went back to Pine Knob. <laughs> um, I one of my favorite songs ever was is Maria Maria. I hate that it's a TikTok song now, and only mm. ninety seconds of it gets gets played. I like Mona Lisa. Um, and the way, if they play Mona Lisa the way that they did in, um, when we saw him a couple years ago, it's really incredible. It's like a buildup. And so they like kind of turn off all the lights and they let the, even the lights build to, to this. It's, it's a little more sensual than it is like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not a high, heavy, it's not a fast paced song, but, um, it's called Mona Lisa and I think it's really good. Was that on uh, that Supernatural album, or is that like old classic Santana? It's not classic, but it was not on the Supernatural album. No, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't know what album it's on actually, because with Spotify, you don't really need to know anymore. You just right. type it in, and um, there it is. There is uh, a new Olivia Rodrigo song on Friday called Vampire. There's an album coming out in September, and I hope people are ready for this because there is no more artist than her that I relate to COVID. Um, I mean, her 
album, mm-hmm. her, her album, her singles were inescapable. They were phenomenal mm-hmm. songs. But to me, they are embedded in 2020, the worst year of most people's lives. So I'm That's curious true. to see um, how much of that is in this song and other things. And I, I just hope people are, are ready for it because really, if you think about that year, it was her and Blinding Lights and a little bit of Dua Lipa, but she owned that year of music. The weekend still needs to come back from Blinding Lights. I feel like he's not... Um, sorry, I got to email well, in. Wouldn't it be funny if if this was like a, a big joke all along, like some Millie Vanilli thing, like somebody else was doing all of his hits because nothing since Blinding Lights, except for his karaoke song of Mario Winans, is any good. He He almost is acting like somebody who shouldn't be able to act and he's terrible in that show. Like... What if if this came out like he has no talent whatsoever? Maybe he'll make an album off of losing that show. Like maybe he'll make a really good album about um, how he felt losing that show. I don't think it's. I think they just cut it an episode short. I don't know if they'll if there won't be a season two, but he is a bad actor. And, and when a bad actor has to do all these sexual things, something about an ice cube and whatever else, it's deeply unsettling. See, I feel like he might he's actually a good actor because he made me feel really uncomfortable and unsettling. And that's what he's supposed to do. And unsettled. I, I think it's because he's a bad actor and he's good at those things. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Um, anything else? No, I've got nothing. Okay. All right. Uh, we will uh, we will talk later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.